welcome to the wall. You already know they got a young Vigo in this joint as your host, and I got my peoples with me ready to give you all the news and analysis you need. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and IG when you type in AT underscore the wall. For this week's episode, we're going to be discussing about what's been happening in the world of sports over the past week. However, in order to understand the complexity of these current events, I felt like we needed to bring the Draco out for this one. Draco. So for our analysts, we got Alex, we got my man Joseph, and and my bro Johnny here. Welcome, y'all. Y'all doing all right? Splendidly. Don't gang shit and go inside, bro. Hey, you already know. You already know. So, <laughs> hey, listen, we all appreciate appreciate y'all taking the time to like explain to us what's been happening because there's so much going on. Like, so I, I appreciate that from y'all. So, let's go ahead and get right to it. So, let's talk about the Olympics open to the public. Alex, what's been happening? Yes, sir. So, um, as y'all know, everyone, we've been gearing up for the Tokyo Olympics. Um, it was originally supposed to be in uh, 2020, but um, it got postponed because of like the coronavirus uh, pandemic. I think it was like the first time in I forget how many years that they had to postpone the Olympics from like their like four year schedule. Um, so like now like the Olympics are back on um in Japan and um basically just like controversy or just mixed uh, feelings from the public in Tokyo. There's currently only 6% of the population is fully vaccinated. So there are concerns about the safety of the Olympics, but um, at the same time, there are also others who think that having the Olympics would be uh, great for um, the economy and then just revitalizing like things from uh, being in a pandemic for the past two years. And like, it would be good for, like spirit and good for, um, I guess, morale for uh, the world in general. And so um, I was just wondering, like, how we thought about that. Like, we thought it was a good idea that they're trying to have the Olympics now or everything is too soon. Uh, I believe that um, I think it's the right time for it. I'm excited. That's me because I like sports, so. This is a big deal for me. Uh, I've been waiting for it for a while. I think especially if they have the right procedures in place, the right um, regulations, and I think it'll be fine. I know I I read a little bit about it where they said that they would only allow so many fans in the arena at a time. And I know usually when they have um, Olympics, they usually have everything kind of tapered off. Like they have like Olympic Olympic villages where they would just have just just the athletes there. And that will be separated from the general public. So I think if they put the proper procedures in place, then I think it'll be fine. Um, But, you know, we still have to keep in mind we are in a pandemic and there's a variant going around that I really am not too sure about. Um, So I think we still have to be safe. We have to be cognizant of everything. Um, But I do look forward to it. And I hope it, I honestly do hope it turns out um, well. Now, like I did hear there were, because I was doing research on some of like the uh, procedures and special um, restrictions that they were going to have in place. I think like one of the things he said, like was no cheering would be allowed. Like you have to like clap, like do like golf claps while you're spectating and things like that. And so people were talking about like how, even though like it's the Olympics, it's going to look different because like, it's going to be 
like precautions in place and things like that. See, because I mean, I'm into sports, but I guess like lately I've just been uh, I've just been a whole di- other world. But I guess like from my thinking is, is that there's a whole new variant out there right now. And again, like this virus has been just been multiplying. And so from my perspective, like from my analysis, I feel like uh, being open to the general public is too soon. That's just me because it's like you're bringing all these different people from all around the world into this one spot. And, and, you know, for me, it's better safe than sorry. And in case like what were to happen if a new variant were to come out from, from the Olympics, you know, and I feel like right now we're making progress and I don't want to go back to where we were back in March. So, you know, God forbid, like there's a new variant that comes out and, uh, you know, who knows, maybe even just mutates into something even worse. And that's been my biggest fear. This whole entire pandemic is to see like these different variants um, keep multiplying. So why are we going to have an event where, where that is a very, very, very high possibility, if not like the highest possibility, the fact that you're bringing different people into one spot. So that that's my analysis. No, um, I agree with you. Um, I mean, like both sides, because like it's a pandemic, but I also love sports as well, right? Like recently, like it just started like the soccer, the soccer tournaments that has started the CONCACAF and the Euros, you know, they're having audiences there. And I feel like if they have the procedures that they did in the NBA with the circle with the, or the bubble, right? Like, if they just limit the things to just hotels, locker room, and the field, that's it. You know, people can be safe like that because I'm pretty sure if the public in Tokyo is not, like, vaccinated, then I'm pretty sure, uh, tr- uh, like, uh, leisure time will be limited and, like, actually going out to the city would be limited as well. And another thing that Alex said about how, you know, the Olympics always says, uh, oh, we're going to help the, this is going to help the economy. That has never happened. I mean, it, it has happened in the past, but recently it, has, it hasn't worked. Look at Rio, Janeiro, look at Brazil. But maybe, I don't know, I don't know how it will be during a pandemic. This is the first time it's ever been like, like this. So we'll see how it, how it helps the Japanese uh, econ- economy with it. Um, We'll see how we we'll see how it goes, honestly. Yeah, because um, thinking because I'm thinking about trying to think about it in a in a cost analysis, and it's like, is it worth it? Again, like we've seen back in, like you said, back in Rio, where like it didn't really help the economy like that, or at least like those funds just were uh, misallocated or whatever happened. So that argument, and and again, like uh, especially how the economy crashed last year, like. It could possibly be even worse if, if, God forbid, there was a new variant that came out from that Olympics. And the thing that, and I feel like this is different than the bubble because at least with the bubble, you knew like people from around the country, from our, from from the, the U.S. were going in, but over in Tokyo, like it's like people from all over the world are coming into this one spot, and that's like the big difference. And um, although it might be great for uh, spec, you know, fans might be great for you know. Even if it was great for the economy, is it worth it? Is is that cost analysis? Mm-hmm. Is it really worth it? Is is my question. So, can you guys answer that? Wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't it Tokyo that agreed to even have it? They could they could have said, "Nah, we don't want to." But wasn't it Tokyo that said, "Nah, it's okay. We can we can do this." Yeah, and that was that was the disagreement because like the government of Tokyo was like, "Yeah, we need money because 
I don't know because I remember I was listening to this other podcast one time that was talking about the Olympics and they were talking about how part of the reason why like Tokyo was so excited about having the Olympics was because of they like they were still recovering from like that earthquake and like tsunami that happened in like 2011 which was only like 10 years ago because like the Olympics like it makes a lot of I don't know if it makes like the host country as much money but I know it makes like everybody else involved like money like the channels broadcasting they're going to make money like the sponsors are going to make money like athletes are going to make money and so like if Tokyo said no like they would just find somewhere else I felt I feel like to have them and they're like that's a disadvantage to our country or whatever but then like the the average people in Tokyo are concerned about it like we don't think this is worth the risk but the government is like we need the money and the notoriety for this. And so we're going to continue to have. You know what I was thinking? Maybe if, maybe if uh, by chance uh, the government would be able to fund vaccination, uh, you know, distribute more vaccination, not only to spectators, but again, like to, uh, to their, uh, I guess to their citizens, then like, then maybe that can make a difference. But the fact is that like 6% have only been vaccinated. That's like worrisome. And that's a vulnerability that just makes this like sketchy. I guess like this does not seem like a like a good idea in, in my perspective. So like I'm also like Johnny, like I'm in the middle because I I see all the risks, but I can also see why it's like a benefit, I guess, to not really have like a another distraction, but I feel like it would be a good thing to be able to have like a, a reason to come together or like just like something good to happen in the last two years. That's been so much just like negative news and people being separated and everything like that or in silos or how people are just seeing like their grandparents again for like the first time in a year, et cetera. Alex, you do have a point. You do. I, I do see that point because I know like in sports, it's a it's an institution. Like that's something that we can all like, regardless of what our differences are. I feel like sports has always been that thing for hundreds of years. So I do see that, and I do see that as a necessary that that needs to happen because right now with politics, the the you know the politics, polarization, and uh, you know just people and like the fact that we've been detached with society due to this whole COVID, uh, you know we might you know we do need that you know that that is a really good point. Yeah, so I see like I see both sides like Johnny was saying. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to. Uh, I guess we'll have to continue analyzing as to what's going on. But we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next topic here, and that's the NCAA court case. Uh, Joseph, can you explain to us what's happening? Because uh, there's a lot of confusion out there, and and I'm honestly a little confused too. So, do you mind uh, just going in as to what the Supreme Court had to say? Um. Yeah. Sure. So uh, there's been a case going on um, in the Supreme Court. Um, and this conversation has been, uh, it's been going on for a long time, honestly. Uh, and that's the case of whether NCAA athletes should be getting paid for their, um, their likeness. Um, so you guys know how the NCAA works. It's supposed to be like a nonprofit organization that's trying to help athletes, you know, get to school and things like that. But they make a lot of money. <laughs> the NCAA makes a lot of money. Um, they make money off these athletes. 
Um, and I don't know if you guys remember a while back, um, there used to be like a bunch, like you guys know how there's Madden and 2K, like NBA 2K, like video games for one, like professional athletes. There used to be, um, you know, games like that for college athletes too, for um, college. So it used to be like NCAA football or the basketball version. But because of this conversation that's been going on for at least a decade, it seems like, um, that um, whether or not athletes should get paid, it, they canceled the games. So the last game that they had, I believe, was in 2016 or 2015. Um, but basically, just to sum up the case, um, the Supreme Court, and Juan, I know you have the quote um, on standby, but they pretty much said that players should be able to get paid for their name and likeness. So um, this NCAA can't find people anymore for, you know, doing endorsement deals or going out to uh, promotional events anymore um, because, you know, players are their own people. They're their own business. So they should be able to promote off that. Um, so there are pros and cons about this, but, you know, I'm in favor for, um, you know, I've already seen a few deals on social media where like, as soon as the case happened, I seen a dude, uh, forgot his name, but he signed for like 2 million uh, deal with Petco to sponsor his dog or something like that. So it's, it's happening. It's, it's been a conversation. It's been an, um, it's been coming for a long time. So I'm happy with it. I, I hope it goes well. I think that there are, you know, some pros and cons about it. But um, Juan, how about you go ahead and read that quote by, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Again, this is not to politicize anything, but he did make a quote that I, that, you know, we deemed is uh, interesting, or at least a really good point. And that is that the NCAA says that colleges may decline to pay students, athletes, because the defining features of college sports, according to the NCAA, is that student athletes are not paid. And Brett Kavanaugh goes on to say that that's ludicrous because hospitals, hospitals cannot agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a pure form, uh, form of helping the sick. And so that's, I mean, to me, that's a really good point. To, uh, there's no other, and he goes on to further to say that no other business operates like NCAA does. If that were to be case, that would be illegal in every single sector of business. So why is the NCAA special? Uh, just because they're helping out these students, or quote, yeah, I guess like helping out these students. But the truth is, is that they're getting a much bigger payday compared to students. And we already know, I guess, like all of us, especially going to college, how how rough it is. And and again, like the stress that I can imagine that they have, because I barely got through. <laughs> now I'm playing, but yeah, no, seriously though, it, it's a lot. I can I can imagine though, it's a lot of work. So to seeing this victory, and again, like this has been a long time coming. Because uh, even before the Supreme Court ruling, there's been 12 states that have a dozen states have already enacted laws that to compensate players. So the Supreme Court just kind of just made it the law of the land saying, no, nah, like the states have a right to uh, impose. And I guess, like, yeah, like impose these laws like this is true. Uh, the NCAA does not have a right to not pay these students or I guess like restrict these students from paying, uh, getting revenue just because uh, they're trying to help them out. That, that, yeah, again, like, that doesn't happen in any other industry. So what makes the NCAA special? The, like, a voice behind this has been, or, like, the proponent of this has just been, you know, athletes, like, in college do so much. Like, they literally have, like, I couldn't even go into it because I wasn't an athlete, but they have to do so much. Like, to the point they get on campus, like, waking up at 6 a.m. every morning for workouts and doing this, that, and the third to, to prepare their body. And they're really putting their body on the line at the end of the day. And um, that's why 
people have been able have been saying like yeah you know they should be able to make money off that they should you know be able to profit all, all on their own because in the past NCAA has been profiting off of all of these athletes hard work and usually with the NCAA their defining statement or their defending statement is that um well you know we want the athletes to focus more on school we don't want them to focus on money um we get focused on the money pretty much um <laughs> but uh and they also um they kind of bring in the fact that um, athletes, they get scholarships. So they'll say, oh, well, you get um, a $40,000 scholarship or however much it costs to go to the school. So that's your way of getting paid. And, you know, it makes sense. But at the same time, they make a lot of money off these athletes, off these sports, especially like the big sports like, you know, football and um, basketball. Uh, they make a lot of money off it. And I think it's a good conversation to have. I'm not exactly sure this is going to go out i'll be honest i think it's for the best but i feel like we still need you know to put some sort of regulations in there to make sure it doesn't go too haywire because i can just see it now like people just getting money off anything and you know when people start focusing more on money they're obviously they're going to focus less on school and focus less on their work and you got to be honest like all these athletes aren't going to to the professional league they're not all going to you know go to that next step so I'm happy that they're making money in school now, that they get that opportunity, but they still have to, like, try to keep the main thing the main thing. So um, I'm interested to see how it goes. We, um, But I think this is for the best. I also agree with uh, Joseph um, because I can't think of any other industry where, like, the talent is not also receiving, like, monetary, like, uh, stipend or uh, income for – their like performance or services or skill sets um and like it's backed up like um because like these schools make a lot of money off of these uh athletes and individuals um and that could be backed up by just looking at like the average budget of like a big 10 school uh more often than not like the athletic director um or like the football coach is paid more than like the president of the school and just the simple matter of the fact that they have that amount of money that they're able to, like, uh, have salaries like that uh, means that they are making a huge amount of money and it should be uh, returned back to the individuals who are actually um, the ones making a majority of that money for them. Putting it, putting in the work, the actual work. <laughs> yeah, putting in like the actual, like the physical on the groundwork. Yeah, um, it's difficult because I guess like if someone, because if someone were to try to compare that to like an internship per se, like oh, we don't have to pay. You're paying them an experience, but the truth is, is that like like Joseph said, not all these athletes are gonna make it uh, to the league. So it's like uh, you know, this can definitely provide like a safety net as to like their careers because they're again like they're they're marketing themselves already but they're just not receiving the revenue so they're putting their body on the line absolutely yeah and it's different because like they aren't like when you think about internship like interns are somebody who is like studying a work or studying a field um and shadowing others but uh how can you be interns if like you are the employees that's a poor comparison yeah because like they're the only employees there so like you can't be interns and be employees i really like that point uh you can't be the intern and be the employee at the same time um that yeah 
Good shit, Alex. I'm sorry. I had to just... <laughs> Damn. I'll be coming up with them like this, yo. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, absolutely. And again, we're going to go ahead and definitely uh, continue to uh, analyze. We're going to see. Yeah, we're going to give you all an update as to what's happening, because this is a story that's going to keep on continuing. And who knows, they're going to be might or might not impose uh, new laws or not after the decision this week. But we're going to go ahead and move on to our last topic here. And that is the Shakari Richardson story. Uh, so this story, again, I'm, there's a whole lot with with this story and i was wondering if joseph do you mind uh giving us a rundown as to what happened yeah sure 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 so um for all the listeners out there i'm sure you guys have heard about the the um famous shikari richardson who is a um track one track runner in the u.s um she runs the 100 meter um and that girl is fast like i've seen her run she's she's fast <laughs> she, she's quick so I, so she's been making a lot of noise lately um especially as a black woman um coming into olympics she's young she's 21 so this she her career is just starting off you know she's already um i think she's endorsed by nike and everything um and recently there has been a case um because she just had run in oregon i think was the um trials so she just ran in Oregon and she won. So she was on her way to the Olympics to, um, you know, try to win for the U.S. But um, recently she had failed a drug test. So she tested positive for um, marijuana use. So the, the Olympic um, trial committee, they pretty much say, yeah, you have to be suspended. Um, and usually the suspension is for three months. So she was going to miss the whole Olympic Games. But now I think she has um, offered because she, um, she I think she said that she was going to take counseling for it. Or she um, offered to take a program, so they lessened it to one month. So they actually said that I think she's available to not do the 100-meter race anymore, but at least do be a part of the relay, which would still be beneficial to the U.S. But, you know, it's been a, a big topic on social media lately because um, the case, the, the little bit of background is that Shikari, she grew up with her grandparents. So they're the ones that raised her. Her mom didn't raise her, but, you know, she still knew her a little bit. But recently, her biological mother passed away. And the way that Shakari found out was actually, she, I think it was after, right after a race, right before a race, but she found out because a reporter told her. So, um, or like, you know, a reporter told her, um, usually when they're asking questions. So I honestly, I think that was, you know, a big shock to her. And she um, she admitted that she used uh, marijuana uh, as, you know, a coping me- mechanism to deal with that loss. Um, and I know it's really hard for her. Um, just everything going on and then you know I feel like she has like the weight of the whole black community and the whole country on her shoulders so I know just hearing that was really hard and um, you know it's been a big topic on social media because obviously cannabis is not or marijuana is not it's not a performance enhancing drug I don't think it's going to make her go faster but um, they've been you know it's not going to make you go faster but people have been talking about like you know why is this why are they testing for this why is the um why why are they testing for this why is marijuana use going to prevent you or prevent you from running track so that's been the big topic as of late um so i want to see kind of what you guys think like uh why like do you think marijuana use should still be tested um in terms of the olympic games hell no if they got motherfucking people profiting off that shit so why is the fucking olympics still testing motherfuckers for marijuana that's the biggest thing honestly and like she took 
major accountability for it. And like in Oregon, they said uh, marijuana is like legal to smoke. So like it still isn't like breaking any laws, but the Olympics is so outdated. It's just a worldwide event. They got motherfuckers from everywhere. They got old school mindsets. It's like basically being in the Olympics when it first started, whenever that was, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh nah, yo, like that's just it's just it's just bullshit just trying to stop like black excellence to prevail, right? Like and like the swimmers can't like wear like any uh protection for their hair. Oh yeah, for um for like women with natural hair. Yeah, Afro women with their natural hair and just like what's the difference, bro? Like the I feel like that's more beneficial for the others because it'll be heavier. Like like people that just don't think like and it's like marijuana does it. It is not a performance type of drug. It's just uh, the Olympics got to do better, like with accepting, like you know, if it's a worldwide event, this would be open to you know, the uh, the the beliefs and the culture that you know we we go to, and like the hardship that everybody go to, and like that's a way of coping that she had to go, and now like she says she wants to go to counseling for it. It's just like I guess that's like another way, but like the Olympics pressure her to do that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. like she's human we're all human motherfuckers be doing worse shit than that it's definitely a hard topic and uh, johnny i think you made a great point though like i think the like the olympics like the whole system is very like outdated like it's very like i feel like it's very like european centered centered so it's not you know it's not for people of color or like all over the world so uh w- what you were saying i think they said um specifically that women um they can't use yet they usually use wave caps or like swimming caps when they swim and I think that the Olympics said that women who have natural hairstyles, they can't use one, which is usually for black women or women of color. So it just goes to show like, this is not, even though it's supposed to be a world game, it's not as inclusive as we would like. Um, so it's definitely some things we definitely would like to change. Um, with Shikara though, you know, I just hope she's strong. Um, I, I can't even begin to imagine uh, what she's going through with just losing a mother and then find out from just a complete stranger like, I feel like that would be really hard for me as well. So I, I don't blame her for any of this. I think she's trying to just make it through it. Um, She got the weight of the whole country on her shoulders right now. So I do wish for her um success. And, you know, she's going to be back. Uh, she, she might not be able to participate in this game, which I think is terrible. But um, I do would hope to – I look forward to seeing her in the next games. My whole thing is that since the beginning of of marijuana – and everything uh, in this country, especially uh, when it comes to uh, regulation, we've seen it that these practices were made to discriminate against people of color. And so the fact that we still have these policies in place just shows you because marijuana has proven over and over again, it's not an enhancement drug. Um, again, it's used to uh, cure, uh, treat uh, cancer it's it's treated to do a lot of good things and so this being the prime example as to when to use uh this drug recreationally you know you don't just use it just to like i guess like essentially you you would use it when uh yeah when things like this happen and or at least like this is just like an alternative because you can't really judge the emotions as to what shikari is going through so it's like if she took it then she took it for a reason Mm-hmm. And again, like she was in a within a jurisdiction that 
uh, finds that marijuana is legal. So she wasn't doing anything illegal. But again, like due to these, unfortunately, these, these, these racist policies that, again, that we've expressed over and over and over, but yet there's no change is, is ridiculous. And uh, again, this is just another tragic story as to like how uh, someone of her greatness has been able, has, has just been stripped of that. You know, it's just like, it kind of reminds me of the Ali, how, how Muhammad Ali stood up for his rights, but he got stripped just, be, uh, you know, defend, um, due to his for, uh, first rights uh, amendment uh, to, to practice his religion. So the fact that, you know, culturally, if this is how, I mean, I, I don't know her history, you know, I don't know if she's ever done it before. This is her first time, but like, you know, I feel like we need to, if, if this is a world sport, then we got to treat it. We have to have the respect of the world you know so people come from different cultures this is how they they do this thing but like joseph said because it's so european uh i guess like non-people of color inclusive there's still policies till this day um yeah it just makes it difficult for people of color to 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 really strive in these in these platforms i don't know if it's just america or if it's other places too but i feel like we hold our black women to a certain standard that they feel that they have to be perfect they have to do everything by the book i i hate that for them because it's like they should be able to just go out there and compete and do what they what God blessed them with. Like Naomi with her skills in tennis and then um Shakari with her like I'm telling you, she's quick. She's fast. So like they should be able to just run or just to compete. And I feel like we hold them to such a standard nowadays that they have to be perfect that they they it takes away from the game or it takes away from their athletic ability. So I don't know, it just it's a difficult situation. So I just, you know, prayers out to both of those women. You know, I really hope they stay strong. And they're still so young, too, which is amazing out there. This great when they're so young. So I, I think the sky's the limit for them. So I, I do look forward to see what they can do. It's like, what am I doing sometimes? I think to myself, like, <laughs> what am I doing in my life? <laughs> when I heard she was 21, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like she got the whole endorsement deal with Nike making all this money. And she's... She's 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 gonna give those Jamaica. She's gonna give everybody in Jamaica a run for their money. I, I promise you that. Like, I think they. I think they were happy. They were happy when they heard about it because they were like, "No, they yeah. against her." <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been entertaining to watch. Yeah. And I was gonna say too. You know what's interesting? Okay, so it's the anti-doping agency. Um, this drug was not used before the race you know like it wasn't used to enhance her her speed or anything she clearly used it for a different purpose it's not like she smoked and 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 the and the smoke was going to make her faster if that were to be the case then okay i i would see an issue with that because that would of course but we all know that marijuana does not make you faster i can i swear <laughs> marijuana does a lot of things but i mean Unless y'all yeah. got the pack, like, let me know. <laughs> but no, but the truth is, is that it doesn't, it's, at the end of the day, it wasn't used to enhance her to have a competitive edge in that race. It's different with steroids, because obviously steroids are used to, like, you know, make make you faster, stronger, whatever. But this is not the case. So why is it held at the same standard as to someone who actually is cheating, is my question. Because it's racist, bro. That's all it is. That's what it comes down to. Like, can you hear me? Go ahead, Alex. I'm not buying no y'all can hear me. But like, yeah, that's why drug tests in general are like problematic. Even for like 
Um, when you think about it in other contexts, like employment contexts, like drug tests are black and white things. Like there's no room for like uh, explanations or um, or for grace. Like they test to detect or whether or not you had this drug in your system. And if they find it in your system, that's all they need. Like, they don't need to know when you took it. They don't need to know if you took it before or after the race. It doesn't matter if you weren't. It wasn't in your system when you were at work. Like, it just, it only tests to see if you have it in your system. And so, like, it's, I feel like it's just, it's an eliminatory test. It's a test to use to eliminate people. You know what's eliminate certain groups of people. I'm sorry to cut you off, Alex, but um, it's interesting that when we talk about these drugs and like what they're actually testing for, because things like cocaine and uh, what was it? Um, not meth, but there's something like there's certain drugs that can go away from the system that that can leave your system within like, uh, what was it like a, a, within at least like a day or two or so. So it's like the real drugs that they're looking for cannot be detected. So what's the point of having these safety nets that that are not really enhancing but the ones that are enhancing can't be detected. So it's like, they're not innovating, you know, cause I, I don't want cheaters. You know, I, I wouldn't want a cheater to uh, compete cause that's not the best. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we still, we have not changed those policies, you know, cause we hear about these, these steroids, these new types of steroids all the time that they, they are able to like cheat, uh, you know, the Russians, for example, they're able to cheat uh, through steroids, at least like uh, from, from reports. And so why aren't we testing for those drugs? Why are we still in the same, doing the same thing, you know? And it, it's not really uh, solving the problem. And it's not calculating the best because we're wanting, we want to see who's the best. So why are we imposing these policies when these policies have proven to be ineffective and not finding the real cheaters? You know, I actually, um, I saw this tweet recently. They were like, you know, one one time, one Olympics, you guys just like let all the drugs go. Like everybody can use whatever drug they want. And then we can see who's really the fastest. Like, <laughs> like they dudes going to really be quick if we let them just take whatever steroids they want. Like, I feel like that would be really cool. <laughs> For your fantasy Olympic, huh? <laughs> just once we got to let everybody just take whatever drug they want. <laughs> Shit, that means you have uh, the, the street motherfuckers at the uh, on the U.S. basketball team. <laughs> they gonna break all the records. Oh, nah. They gonna crush everybody. <laughs> You'll be fist fighting in that joint. Damn, that would be. <laughs> I don't. We'll have be to the best that one day. I would. I would. I would tune in. I would tune in. I'd pay. I'd pay what Floyd Mayweather pay per view money to watch that. For <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but definitely we we definitely hope to see these like policy changes because it's like again over and over. The only people that are really impacted by by these policies are people of color. And again, with this country, you know, people are always trying to say we've already moved forward, we've already moved past uh, through all these. Uh, I guess like uh, obstacles, but those obstacles are still there till this day. So it's not, it's all about creating a, a fair, equal, equal, uh, I guess like track, <laughs> I guess like to this race, uh, ironic. <laughs> so, and, and not, to, not to cut you off, uh, 
want. But like the thing that blows me about uh like this is like I feel like everybody that I've heard like commenting on it, um and stuff, it's like, oh, it's such a sad story, it's such an unfortunate story. I said, Well if it was that unfortunate and sad, you should do something changing. Because, like like it'd be like all the officials are like Oh, it's an unfortunate situation. Like it's like it's an unfortunate situation, but we're sticking with her and stuff like that. Like if it's so unfortunate, like why not do more to get it changed? If it's obviously we're all in agreement that it's it's wrong. But that's just mine. That's just mine. You have a fair point. I I got you, Alex. Because it's like you you see all these statements, but yet no change. No, what is Nike gonna go to the uh, anti-doping? Uh, agency and just be like hey you need to like uh you know we're going to advocate and say these these restrictions these policies are out of date so it's like it's kind of upsetting to see that too we see all these endorse or endorsements saying oh you know we're gonna uh we we're gonna stick by her you know she's right but yet words you know don't mean nothing it's all about action i'm not seeing the action so i don't want to see i'm tired Nobody's pulling out. Nobody is threatening money. And now I need to play. What a sad. Nike's not boycotting the Olympics. At the end of the day, you know, if they really supported them, like actions speak mm-hmm. louder than words to me. And that's that's always been like a, a rule. So it just contradicts. It's like the, those statements contradict, you know, everything. So to me, it's ridiculous. I guess, um, you know, I guess we're going to have to wait and see as to – as to what happens. I mean, I hope to see that these uh, these institutions and, and these different organizations can actually make the changes that we need uh, for this society to innovate because there's so much opportunity to innovate. We have so much talent, especially within the uh, the communities of color. And, and the, I mean, look, look at her greatness. Like that is just, uh, you know, uh, Sh- Shikari is just another example, and it's it's a tra- it's it's, just, it's honestly just like a tragedy to to just see that like how this went down when it didn't have to go this way. If if we actually talk the talk and walk the walk and change those policies, you know, and, and to me it's it's a shame. But we're gonna go ahead and and it looks like uh, Alex, it's it's about that time. We wrap it up. I wrap it up then. Wrap it up. So follow us on Twitter and IG again when you type in AT under the score of the wall. Uh, for our analysts, uh, where can our listeners follow you at? Uh, Joseph, where, where, where are you at? Search me up on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. <laughs> See my uh, professional account. <laughs> Joseph Mitchell, y'all. Look, look that name up, all right? Um, Alex, where can we find you, bro? Find me on Instagram and Twitter. A-Y-E-D-A-D-F-E. Thank you all so much for coming. It's been a pleasure, and we're going to see you all next week.